Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better decisions in your life. Today's episode, I have a personal story to share with you about something every parent worries about, their teenager having a car accident. Later, mortgage rates have been rising. Well, obviously, they're way up from where they were when they were artificially suppressed by the Federal Reserve. And it's putting a lot of financial pressure on people. There is a trick that people have not used in forever that some people are using to lower the cost of home purchasing. I want to tell you, something else going on in the mortgage business because of the lack of interest in people buying homes right now that could save you money if you are one of the individuals still trying to buy. So, my son Grant, day before his 17th birthday, was in an accident that was his fault. Minor accident, but it was his fault. I went two for three with my kids having accidents when they were 16. My oldest was in a head-on collision. She was 16. Both vehicles totaled. It's not her fault. Ironically enough, she was hit by another 16-year-old who was on the wrong side of the road and ran into her. My wife is still traumatized by being at the accident scene and seeing the car destroyed and my oldest, Rebecca, hurt, not badly, for some reason, my middle child, Steffi, never in an accident to this moment. And by her own telling, she wouldn't say she was the greatest driver, but somehow has made it to 23 without ever being in a wreck. Good for her. So Grant got the nose of his vehicle. He was actually driving my wife's vehicle into the road just too much, getting ready to turn and right, should have been further back. And a pickup truck that was in the lane, fully in the right, kind of scraped Grant, or Grant scraped him. Grant was sitting. I'm a terrible witness, aren't I, describing this? Anyway, the video is unreal because Grant was in my wife's Tesla. And so you have perfect high-def video of the accident. Clearly, Grant's fault. Almost no damage at all to the pickup truck. The driver of the pickup truck, nice as could be, and Grant was devastated. The front of the Tesla took meaningful damage, no structural damage, but meaningful damage, and who knows when it'll be ready. So Grant calls me, says, what do I do? I said, was it your fault? He said, yes. I said, well, you take responsibility and say it was your fault. And I've had so many people tell me what terrible advice I gave my son. Why would I tell him to admit responsibility? Because everything tells you, even some insurance carriers say, don't admit fault. 
But it was clear, and there was video evidence, it was completely his fault, and it was a minor accident. Nobody injured in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I said, call the police, call the insurer, and I'll come and meet you at the scene. So I left work and went to meet him. The gentleman who he scraped the side of his vehicle, Bob, could not have been a nicer man. And uh, it turned out he was a test pilot. And our son is in flight training. So they just completely hit it off talking about the stuff. The funniest thing, the guy sent a text message later to Grant saying, you know, this was the only accident I've ever been in that I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah. Good time talking, you know, with the fellow pilot and all that. But anyway, this thing about not admitting responsibility. I know it's standard issue. You're not supposed to admit responsibility. But what are we teaching our kids? What would I be teaching my son at 16? He's now 17, but 16 that day. What am I teaching him if I say, oh, no, you lie. You say you weren't responsible. You refuse to accept responsibility. I just think that's awful. Now, I was in a wreck when I was 16. And I was sitting still in a parking lot, and a woman had a dog in her car. The dog was jumping around. She's not looking, and she drove right into me. And then she tried to lie to the police officer and say it was all my fault. And there was a lady who stayed, and you know people automatically assume it's a teenager's fault. And the lady stayed, and she said, no, she's lying. She ran right into him. He was sitting still. She hadn't been there. Who knows what would have happened. But I learned right then and there at 16 such an important lesson about telling the truth. And so I had to tell Grant to do the right thing even if it's not procedurally what the insurance company would want, and certainly a lawyer would not want him telling the truth. So the consequence is financial, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in between on this, like not that he should lie at all, but I think, you know, teenagers also don't know, like they might be nervous and think they automatically made a mistake, but they don't know, depending on the accident situation, was the other person speeding? Were they under the influence? Did they do something So I would say that you should get the police there and, you know, and certainly when they, they're going to question what happened, you tell them what you think happened and you show them video, you know, but you also don't want a teenager implicating themselves when maybe there are other factors and the other person, you know, could be at fault or partially at fault or whatever. So, okay. So you drive a Tesla, Mm -hmm. share what the video is like. It's amazing. I mean, I was very fortunate. I was hit by a teenager (laughs) And, and the, and he said it was my fault, but actually the video showed that it was his fault, but I was very calm about it. And I, I just said, let's just let the police come. And so, then I let so the, the police officer saw the video. This police officer saw the and video. What did he or she say when they, they saw? cited this young man and said he was at fault after they saw the video, but I didn't get into an argument with him. And I think it's always, you know, best to just, like you said, handle it well. If no one's hurt, that's the most important thing. And everything else will get, you know, sorted out. So. so more and more cars have the video capability, but a lot still don't, which is why I love dash cams. And they kind of look like a radar detector up on the screen, but they're not, you know, up on your windshield. They cost like 10 to 20 bucks typically, and they record 
your last, depending on the model, 90 seconds to five minutes of driving. And you'll have that video evidence because people will, in many cases, refuse to take responsibility. Having the video evidence is great. It's not so great if you're the one at fault. Right. (laughs) But it's pretty clear stuff when you have that video. And it does deal with people who don't take responsibility for mistakes they've made. All right, this one's from Bridget in Florida. Our Airbnb host has admitted, and we can see on the Find My Apple app, to having and refusing to return my Apple AirPods. I've offered to pay for shipping, but he has refused multiple times and just says he will hold it until I pass by again, knowing full well I don't live in the country. When I submit a claim through Airbnb, he denies it. An Airbnb customer knows service reps and supervisors have admitted that they have no policy in place to help a customer recoup expenses or get their property back. When I asked the reps what would happen if a guest stole from the host, the rep told me the Airbnb offers a $1 million insurance protection for hosts who have guests steal from them, but admitted they have absolutely no protection for guests when a host steals from the guest. Clark, do you have any advice? So this is long-standing tradition goes back to the hotel industry innkeeper statutes that basically is finders, keepers, losers, weepers on stuff you lose at a hotel. And Airbnb has pretty much taken the same position. You know, ah, well, you left something tough. And that is historical in the industry. There is one possibility for you, Bridget, And that is that you may have, if you used a particular credit card for your Airbnb booking, you may have, with using that credit card for a travel-related thing, the ability to make a claim for the, I would call them in this case, stolen AirPods. And so think back what credit card you use on Airbnb, see if it comes with travel-related protections. And the claims, I think they cap out at like $1,000 for lost and stolen stuff while you're traveling. And AirPods obviously cost a lot less than that. And I hope that you have posted this on a review of the Airbnb host and his or her property. And this is from Jeannie in California. Do you have a home warranty company that you would recommend? The company I used a few years ago was an absolute nightmare. I ended up canceling them after several terrible experiences and additional money spent. So you found out a lesson the hard way. Home warranty companies are generally the equivalent of snake oil salespeople. I think about, I've been doing this since the late mid-1980s, and home warranty companies have been a source of complaints since the 1980s in my life, I've heard from people that the brochures, they're so shiny and glossy and friendly and promise the world to you for today, like five $600 a year typically. And then if it's a little teeny thing at your house, you're like, wow, that was great. I just paid my deductible and they took care of it. But if it's anything that's a significantly costly thing, they go into the full rope-a-dope and they do everything they can to avoid paying your claim, wear you down, wait you out, and you realize that that glossy brochure isn't worth the paper it's printed on. So what I recommend is your, your own company for 
these things. And that is you instead make sure that you take that same money you would have put into that home warranty, put it in your own maintenance account for your home, open an online savings account. They're paying around close to 2% now. Just pop that amount of money in each year and then know that when something goes wrong with something in your home, you've already pre-funded the cost, hopefully, most or all of it, of repairing or replacing that item. And back to car accidents. Eddie in California says, in early June, I was involved in a small accident where I was at fault. I bumped the back of another car and minimal damage happened. I asked the other party if we could settle outside of insurance. At the time, the driver responded, I need to ask my husband. Since then, I've contacted her every few weeks to ask for a settlement amount, and I've not received any agreement on the matter. Finally, I offered a grant to end this situation, but received no response. Just last week, I stated I've done my due diligence to reach her, and if I do not receive a response, I will contact insurance. Is there anything else I should be doing to protect myself? I cannot help but feel uneasy as this issue remains so uncertain. So you're in a bit of a sticky situation now, Eddie, because your insurer or the regulations in your state of California, I don't know what the regulations are, and I would call the California Department of Insurance rather than contacting your insurer and find out if there is a number of days or hours requirement that you report an accident to your insurer because auto insurance is regulated by each of the 50 states. So it's up to the state regulators whether an insurer can say, well, you didn't report on a timely basis, therefore we wash our hands of it. You don't know if they've been watching bad late night TV and they see one of those ads for a lawyer who says, you've been injured in an accident. (laughs) And uh, I love the ones, Florida, you see more of these than anywhere else. No wonder auto insurance is so expensive in Florida. There's one billboard after another, after another, after another, as you drive down the freeway, and you'll see somebody smiling with a picture of their $3 million check or $5 million check or $1 million check. And, you know, it's like, Bill got me my money or Mary got me my money or whatever the lawyer's name is. And so people think they won a lottery. Hopefully that's not what's going on here, Eddie, but I want you to at least call the California Department of Insurance and see what level of risk you may have opened yourself up to. And if you're not too late to contact your insurer, go ahead and do so. It's always a tendency to want to settle something outside of insurance. If you hit somebody in a parking lot, they're not even in the car, you hit their car. That's a perfect example of where if it's a small dent or whatever, pay yourself, don't report it to your insurer. On the other hand, if it's on the road, there's always the risk that somebody gets really excited seeing one of those TV ads or one of those billboards and suddenly decides that they've got severe injuries of some kind and they're coming after you. And if your insurer is in a position to say, we're out of this, not our problem, that can be really ugly for you. So think about the bookends of how we started with the ethics involved with my son's accident. And and did I do the right thing or wrong thing by having him do the ethically right thing? And then we're ending here with somebody trying to settle something with somebody without insurance. And now they don't know what's happening 
this is messy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it means nothing. Maybe something's just going on in her life and that's why she's ignoring you. So if you're trying to buy a home right now, you know that your monthly payment's so much higher because of mortgage interest rates. But there's a trick out there some people are using I want to make sure you know about too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Long, long ago and far, far away in 1980, the re, I think it was, mortgage rates in the United States were through the roof. People were having to take out mortgages at, don't check your hearing, 20%. We were in an era of near galloping inflation that had gone on for years and years and years. Every attempt by the federal government to squeeze inflation out had failed and so borrowing money was unreal on the money market accounts back then you were earning 17 percent interest 17 percent that tells you how much inflation was a factor well i in the midst of that bought a house because housing prices were depressed because of the very very high interest rates but my mortgage that I took out was unusual. It was something called NQNE, non-qualifying, non-escalating. What that meant is that I could take over the seller's mortgage and their interest rate and just waltz into the home, except that mortgage, the remaining balance on it, was only part of what I was buying the house for. So the seller, to get the deal done, took back a second with me at 12%. So my first mortgage was, in those days, unbelievably cheap at 8.5%. And I had a second for 12%, and then my down payment. So the seller was thrilled because they were earning decent money on their money with the second. I was thrilled because my blended amount of money that I borrowed was just under 10% at a time that interest rates were 20. And I didn't have to go through the blizzard of paperwork applying. I just had to sign one form and took over the loan. Well, believe it or not, there are still certain loans that you can do part of that. It's something I hadn't even talked about because I didn't know anybody was doing anything like this right now. And then I saw an item in the Wall Street Journal that people are actually doing, not the NQ, the non-qualifying part, but the non-escalating part, where even though mortgage rates have stepped up, they may be assuming somebody's loan at two point something percent or three point something percent helps the seller get more money for their property than they might have otherwise as the market softened. And the buyer ends up with a much lower effective monthly cost for the home because they assume that loan. So the NQ, non-qualifying, that's not part of the equation typically now. 
you have to qualify to assume that loan. And only roughly one in five loans are assumable that are in the marketplace. They tend to be government loans, like VA loans, that kind of stuff. And sellers would be wise if they're in a government loan to see if it is one that someone can assume at the existing interest rate, the NE is non-escalating, that the rate stays the same, then you've got a real market opportunity selling your home because you're able to sell it. If you're selling yourself or you're using a real estate agent, you're able to say, assume my loan at three point whatever percent instead of paying the five point whatever that the market's at now. I mean, that's really a great opportunity for the seller and the buyer. Now, if you are a veteran and you're allowing somebody to assume your loan to get your home sold, know that you need to understand the VA rules on whether you can use your VA benefit for another home loan while that person has that loan of yours that they have assumed. You want to know the rules for that. The VA explanation is fairly clear on that at the va.gov website. And so this is a potential opportunity. Remember, somewhere close to one in five existing mortgages have that assumability in them where the buyer can get your existing rate. Okay, another thing. Mortgage lenders have seen their business fall like a rock. There's no refi activity anymore, and purchase activity has declined because of the higher rates. That means if you are a buyer in the marketplace, there's a lot of market share fighting going on. One of the largest players in mortgage lending has raised the white flag. They're getting out of the business. That's Wells Fargo. They're getting out. So people are fighting over market share. And so a lot of lenders are using this lull in activity, the weakness in some of their competitors to try to grab market share, offering better deals on closing costs, better deals on the various requirements you have to meet, the fees you have to pay, and the rest. So know that this, more than any other time I can recall in recent years, is a time that if you're shopping for a mortgage for buying a home, you've got to shop around. You don't go to any one lender. You shop the market to see what the best deal is out there for you. Because it's not just rate. It's all the other junk that comes along with the rate, all the closing costs. Krista? Okay, you mentioned veterans loans earlier, and this is something from David I thought you'd want to know about. Are you aware that veterans receiving a veteran's discount through Verizon Wireless must reapply each year to receive the discount? As a veteran, I was shocked to find out that they require this yearly, even though I will always be a veteran until the day of my passing. I was told this also goes for current servicemen and women, retired veterans, peace officers, EMTs, and others that get the discount. (sighs) David, first things first, thank you for your service to our great country. Second, what brainiac MBA at Verizon came up with such a lame, stupid policy figuring, ah, this is going to be great. We know only a small number of people will know they have to re-up each year and we're going to run the prices up on them. 
I wanted somebody at Verizon to explain to me how a veteran becomes a non-veteran 12 months later. I don't know what people learn in MBA school. Anyway, not every problem like that in corporate America is an MBA's fault. Just most of them. That's said by an MBA. Anyway, what I would do is I would use this as your signal that it's time for you to dump them and go to T-Mobile where they don't play these games with vets and you get these great rates for they also have the 55 plus that they don't make you requalify each year is <laughs> over 55. <laughs> they know you're already 55 and you have not found Ponce de Leon's fountain of youth and suddenly gone from 55 to 28. So uh, I, I think that's ridiculous. You bring a focus to it. You know, Krista, I think it'd be wonderful if we checked in with Verizon and had their PR doublespeak people try to, with a straight face, explain to us why they make a veteran requalify each year. Maybe we can get the policy changed because that is an insult, David, to you and every other veteran. Because number one, being with Verizon, you're already paying the highest rates you could possibly ever pay for cell phone service. You go anywhere else and find it cheaper. And then to do this to you, wow, that's not really honoring you and other people who serve to do this stupid requalification each year. So we'll get an answer for you. And this came in on Instagram from Jay. We are on the verge of a heat pump purchase. I think we would qualify for an $8,000 rebate with the new Inflation Reduction Act. I can't find any info on when that might be effective. Would it include a 2022 purchase or should I wait until 2023 to buy? Okay, this is so unbelievably complicated. So it's a 23 purchase that you want to do. What we don't know yet is 23 considered to be the federal fiscal year of October 1, or is it calendar year 23? So my advice for anybody wanting the wonderful heat pump rebate to wait till next year, and as I talked recently on a podcast, this was a boo-boo on my part, not really talking about how much you'll save on your electric bill using a heat pump instead of a traditional air conditioning system. And then with this rebate, you get the upfront cost greatly reduced because heat pumps cost more than traditional AC. And then you're going to save this massive amount on your energy bill every month. So I would say err on the side of safety. We're not that far away from 23. I would wait till 23 to do it. And if later it does turn out to be true that it starts with the FY23 for the federal government, which would be October, I will certainly update that advice. This is from Gail in South Carolina. I just discovered that my Sam's Club gas is recorded on my credit card as just a purchase from Sam's. I've been losing my 4% cash back on my Costco visa. Any thoughts? Okay, so Gail, this is not a kumbaya moment. For Sam's and Costco, they each on their credit card expressly in their terms of service keep you from earning the higher gas rebate if you shop at their competitor for gasoline. You can get it 
at Costco, obviously, you get your 4%. You shop at a regular gas station, you get the 4%. You go to Sam's Club, you get 1%. What about another supermarket that has a gas station? It do, I don't know if they prohibit. Kroger has, uh, yeah, you know, all its brand names, has so many gas pumps around the country. I don't know if supermarket gas is prohibited mm-hmm. or not on the Costco Visa Um, I don't have any of those near me, those supermarket ones. But if you are a Sam's Club shopper, you're a Sam's Club member, get their Sam's Club MasterCard. Because on gasoline with the Sam's Club MasterCard, you get 5% cash back, not 4. So that's an even better thing. So you're trying to find it, Kristen. I was trying to find it. You can't find it. At almost all gas stations, there were non-qualifying fuel as well as supermarkets. Uh, supermarkets is included. Supermarkets, super uh, Walmart super centers. That's what they mean by super stores and warehouse clubs other than Costco. So you can't go to BJ's Wholesale and buy gas and get the 4%. You can't go to uh, Kroger or any of its brand names. Kroger has, what, 25 brand names That's around the country for its stores, whatever it is. Can't go to any of theirs. So those things are going to keep you from getting your 4% cash back. But remember, the Sam's Club MasterCard, no annual fee, and you'll get the 5% back on gas. So try that. And I hope that today you found something you can use in your life because that's the purpose of why we do the podcast That's why we have our websites. That's why we have our newsletters. That's why we have the one-on-one free advice available to you through our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. We want you to be empowered with knowledge that you can act on in your own life to improve your own life. That's what we're all about. That's why we do what we do. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll rate the podcast. And remember, if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends and your family. And if you don't enjoy our podcast, make sure you share it with people you don't really like.